Welcome back to the Traverse Theatre's Open Submissions Workshop podcast, where we give you the tools to take you from idea to draft. Today's workshop, led by Oliver Emmanuel, is on dramatic tension. If you're enjoying the series so far, we'd love to hear from you. You can tweet us at Traverse Theatre or email us info at traverse.co.uk. Don't forget to subscribe so you can get these workshops straight to your feet as soon as they're released each Wednesday. Hello, uh, welcome. My name is Oliver Emmanuel and uh, I'm a playwright. Um, I've been asked by the Travers Theatre to uh, do a workshop for you today um, as part of their Open Submissions workshop series. Um, I think you hopefully will have seen a, a number of those different workshops by some of my brilliant colleagues. Uh, and I'm really excited today to talk to you about dramatic tension. Dramatic tension. Um, so, uh, the format for today is that I will do some talking um, and there'll be some exercises along the way um, and at the end there'll be a sort of reflection. Um, please feel free to stop the video at any point, uh, take your time, uh, don't feel you have to get through all of it. I will be holding up my digital watch different points to give you the exact timings because obviously this is... Uh, this is a precise timepiece, um, but you can obviously take your time as much as you like. Um, so today's workshop is about dramatic tension, what is said and what is not said, or uh, another way of putting it is subtext. Um, the goal of today is that you have a better understanding of the inner workings of dramatic tension so that you can apply it to your own work. It's about um, understanding how a scene works, um, creating dynamic characters with clear desires and tactics and uh, writing scenes that are full of tension. Subtext. I'm obsessed with subtext, uh, with what sits underneath uh, the words uh, in, uh, the characters say in a play. I sometimes think, or maybe my, th my therapist would tell me this, that it's, it's due to my upbringing in the south of England where no one really says what they mean. So when they say, oh, isn't this a lovely day? What they really mean is, I hate you and I want you to die. Um, but anyway, um, subtext is the sort of, not just the words or the what underneath the words, but sometimes it's the silence, it's the gaps around language. Um, and for me, subtext is a, a large part of, uh, of what makes a play alive. Um, it's quite a technical and tricky part of playwriting, um, and but it's it's how a seemingly banal conversation can become electric, um, and it's what keeps an audience guessing, learning, leaning forward um, in their seats and, and wanting to know what happens next. So we're going to do a wee exercise now, which I'm going to film in my dining room, uh, and then before we come back uh, to this, um, and what I want you to do is I want you to get a piece of paper and a pen and make notes about what you can see, um, whether it be stories or characters or tensions or anything that kind of occurs to you as you watch this. Um, uh, just as a warning, some people find this exercise uh, pretty weird, uh, but other people enjoy it. But um, we'll, we'll see see how you feel. OK, here we go. Hello, uh, just stopping here to say that we had to remove the music from this next exercise because of copyright. Uh, my mistake. Very silly. So while you're listening to this next clip, um, I want you also to listen to Summer Number 1, which is Max Richter's uh, recomposed version of Vivaldi's Four Seasons. If you don't, the exercise won't make much sense, unfortunately. We've linked a playlist with the song in the show notes. Hopefully you've got the music ready. 
Great. Let's get back to the exercise. Hello. The Travis have asked me to um, to provide some uh, audio commentary to the exercise that I'm uh, doing at this point in the um, in the workshop. Um, it's quite a visual um, uh, exercise, um, so um, apologies if I uh, struggle and don't make a lot of sense. But I'm going to do my best for you. Um, it's an exercise I always do uh, when I'm doing dramatic tension, and it's all about place, position, size, and status. And I do it through the medium of fruit. And so what I do, first of all, is I um, lay two um, uh, limes, in this case, uh, center stage with a spotlight on them. And they are just a sort of average distance apart. It's almost as if I've presented you with a uh, open stage scenario with uh, two people um, staring at one another. Um, it is meant to be light-hearted, it is meant to be fun um, and uh, I also play, uh, as hopefully you're hearing now you, if you've managed to switch it on you'll be listening to uh, Max Richter's Summer. And so there's a sort of sense of maybe growing tension or uh, there is just a sense of uh, two people stationary um, uh, on stage. And then I move them close together and sort of indicate a relationship. Again, just all it is is suggested by uh, their distance between each other. And then I bring on a grape, a little grape. Um, and uh, one of the limes chooses to go over to the grape. Um, and the other lime is pushed further apart. Again, all I'm doing here is suggesting a changing relationship brought about by a third character. And then the grape is in the middle of the two of them. Um, and the relationship is changing, uh, and you can see that one lime is distanced and one lime is brought closer. Um, it's very, very uh, simple at this point. All I'm doing, in some senses, is a sort of stagecraft exercise here. And then one of the limes disappears, and the grape and the lime are left together. Uh, and then appear, one by one, uh, a line of other grapes. Um, and it's it, it's it's kind of two things. It could be a, a group, it could be a team, it could be um, in some senses a family, you or, or just a group that the grape might feel closer to. And indeed, the grape moves closer to the others, uh, leaving the lime sort of on its own. Um, and then the other, then the grape joins the lime, and suddenly the lime is facing this. Uh, uh, this lime is facing a line of grapes, um, and then the lime disappears, and suddenly we are left alone with a, a group of grapes. And then, and then, um, much bigger, um, we have two apples arrive, and suddenly the there is a sense of threat between the two because what I've done here is I've scaled up uh, in terms of. Um, in terms of uh, in terms of status, I've raised the game with uh, two large apples, and all the other grapes disappear except for this one grape that we had right at the beginning, and then that grape disappears as well, and suddenly we just have these two big apples, and then even bigger, we bring in an orange, um, which makes the other two apples dis disappear, and suddenly the orange is all by itself, and then it's confronted by a ginormous pineapple. Again, what I'm playing with here is the status and the size uh, of um, of the different uh, of, of of how you can um, change the scenario very simply with uh, scale of uh, the characters here. And then I bring back the little grape, and suddenly you have the sort of David and Goliath 
uh, uh, child and giant uh, facing one another, um, the pineapple and the grape. Uh, again, it's all very lighthearted. It's all very silly, um, but this is what's going on. And then I bring, and then I'm playing around with uh, this with uh, position, and the pineapple moves, and the grape follows, and the grape is close, and then suddenly the pineapple disappears. And I think we're coming to the end. There we go. Uh, thank you very much. I hope that made some sense. And I hope you enjoyed uh, those stories and uh, or maybe you saw one story, an epic journey or battle uh, between uh, lots of different fruit. Um, but having a look over your notes now, uh, what really sort of sings out to you? Did you, how were the tensions defined? Was it by size or, or number? Uh, the number of, of, of the characters, or was it by position? Um, whatever the case, hopefully what you've noticed is that an awful lot of story was conveyed just by the visual picture. Um, and this comes back to something that I uh, I, I feel like I only realised quite a few years into my playwriting career, that um, theatre is a visual medium. In fact, it's... it's, it's uh, uh, um, Alan Aitborn defined it as 50% visual and I think that's it's at least 50% I mean I've I've written a play uh, I wrote a play called Dragon a few years ago which was entirely visual and had no word at all um, and I think it's it's really important to notice that sometimes the way a character moves um, can tell us just as much as the dialogue so what is dramatic tension like Let's just let's just pin uh, pin it down. Let's give ourselves a definition that that moving forward through today and also moving forward, you can get a real clear sense of of what it is and how to use it. Um, my definition is actually the title of this workshop, which is what is said versus what is not said, or another way of putting it, what is done versus what is not done, what I want versus what you want. Um, dramatic tension is the competing desires of either two characters or even two parts of the same character. Um, so that all sounds quite technical, but we will unpack it, um, so don't worry. So what are the elements of dramatic tension? Uh, what are the things that we should be looking out for? Um, at this point in the workshop, if we were together, um, I would uh, hand out a piece of paper uh, with a scene on it and we would read it all together and we'd sort of make notes all over it. But at, seeing as we can't do that, seeing as it's just you there and me here, um, I'm going to read a bit of, uh, of my play, The Monstrous Heart, um, which was on at the Traverse last year. And then, um, then I'm going to break it down and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the elements of dramatic tension in that. So just to set the scene, this is a play about a mother and daughter uh, coming to uh, terms after a number of years, after having not seen each other for ages. The play is set in a cabin, uh, Mag's cabin, on a Canadian mountain. And Beth has just arrived when the play opens. Um, and as the scene opens, um, I, I don't give any stage directions as to, uh, to where they are. Um, but what I would say is in the middle of the room, there is a big dead bear. That's, that's all I'm going to say. So there's a mother and a daughter. Um, one of them's in their 50s, one of them's in their early 30s. Um, uh, and uh, 
and this is their first conversation. Uh, there is quite a lot of bad language in this, um, just, so, just so you know that's the case. Uh, I'm going to say the character's name and then read their dialogue, uh, and I'm also going to read any stage directions that there are. I promise it won't be long, but I also promise I won't do any acting. I'm just going to read it so you hopefully get a sense of what it is. Beth. Why would anyone want to get closer to nature? What's that about? Nature is a fucker. It's cruel, vindictive. Nature will give you cancer, burn your house down, then send a flood to wash away your family. I like the city. I like bright lights, concrete. I find pavements comforting. I don't have a lot of nightmares. I mostly sleep very well, despite what you might imagine. But when I do have a nightmare, it's always in the country, or by the sea, or up a hill. I wouldn't say no to a cup of tea. Silence. Mag. Beth. Beth. Tea? Silence. Mag. Beth. Beth. Oh shit. Do you have tea in Canada? You're not one of those countries that only does fucking coffee, are you? Mag. Beth. Beth. If I'd known, I would have brought a box of Tetley. Silence. Nice place, this. Cozy. She sniffs. What's that funny smell? Mag. Smell? Beth. There's a smell. A, a shit smell. Mag. It doesn't smell of anything. Beth. It stinks. Mag. No. Beth. Like wood. A tree. What's that tall tree called with the leaves? Mag. Oak? Beth. The other one. Mag. Beech? Yew? Chestnut? Pine? Beth. Pine! That's it. Mag. The cabin is made of it. Beth. Aye, same as they're using the toilet. This place like, stinks like a toilet. Silence. Okay, I'm going to stop there. Uh, apologies for the acting, or not acting. Um, so, what are the elements of subtext there? Because that scene is full of subtext and uh, dramatic tension. Um, how I break it down is very simple. Um, so, what is, what is each character saying? What is Beth saying? Beth is talking about nature and living in the country and talking about wanting a cup of tea and the smell of the room. Um, but what does she really want? What's her intention? Uh, and the next element is, what does she do? What, is there anything that she does? There are no stage directions in that, mo that moment, so we'll just take it that she's standing still. Wherever she is in the room, she's standing still. There's her, there's the dead bear, and there's her mother. That's it. Um, and then this is the uh, this is the thing that this is the subtext, which is what do they what does the character think? What does the character feel? Um, what I hope you notice here is that much of the subtext, much of the drama, is created by what they say and what they do. The juxtaposition of those two things. What is suggested beneath the main action? Is she pleased to see her mother? Is this a loving uh, uh, reunion, or is there something problematic going on underneath? Um, so have a think now and, you know, imagining that you had your own fruit bowl with you. If you were to stage this scene using fruit, how would you do it? Now, I'm sure in the other workshops that you've done, uh, people have talked a lot about character and character is key for different elements of drama, whether that be story or texture or whatever. Um, and in terms of dramatic tension, character is also key. Um, the key to... Um, any dramatic scene uh, is is exciting and interesting characters, but what makes a a good and interesting character? 
Um, for me, my, whenever I'm writing, what I'm really trying to do, and I said this to a director the other day, which is that in a way I'm trying to give the audience a sense of the character to such an extent that they feel like they know them better than uh, their best friend by the end of the play. That in a sense that the play, the, play, the journey of the play is, is a journey into the character, into their heart. Um, and the, the, the only purpose of a play is to reveal character. Um, and uh, I mean, ha but how do you creating those characters is a, is a different, is a sort of different, and, uh, and there, are, there, are, there are hundreds of books written about this really. Like, how do you define character? Some writers I know, um, like write 50 facts about a character before they start writing them. Some of them write long biographical monologues. There are hundreds of ways of doing it. But just to break it down, to make it as simple as possible for you, I think of character in three uh, key ways. Um, so character is defined uh, uh, as a desire, an obstacle, and then the tactics to overcome those. So just to repeat that, um, the elements of character are desire, I want, the obstacle being a but, and the tactics are so. So, for example, uh, my name is Ollie, I want to rob a bank, but I'm a playwright with no discernible skills at bank robbery, and I don't have a fast car. So, I get my friend Danny who's got a criminal past and an amazing car to help me out. So you see there, there's a want, there is a, a, an obstacle, which is my own character, which is my own inability to rob banks, and then there is tactics. And whether that works out or not is gonna be, uh, is gonna be the, sort of the source of the drama. Um, now, dramatic tension is created when two characters have different desires and different tactics. So, for example, my friend Danny, who I invented in this example, uh, might not want to help me and might be trying to play it straight. He might even be wanting to get into drama. He might be watching this workshop. Um, so he might not want to help me. Um, and that is where the competing tensions, uh, the competing dramatic tensions will start to play out. So let's do an exercise now. Let's try um, something to create our own dramatic tension. Um, and uh, don't necessarily use this on a, uh, on a play that you're already writing. Let's, let's start on a fresh, fresh page. Let's just use this as an exercise. This is, this is a workout for uh, dramatic tension. So I want you to either uh, rewind and look at the fruit play again, or to get yourself uh, two pieces of fruit in your uh, in your kitchen. I'm sure you have fruit. You're very healthy. Very important to stay healthy, uh, both during lockdown, but as obviously as a as a writer. Um, and I want you to give get two pieces of fruit. Give each a name, a desire, and a, a, a tactic. Uh, or a sort of general characteristic that they, they might employ to get what they want. And I want you to write the first page of a, of a new play. It can be set anywhere. I would go for something low-key, but with suggestions of hints and conflicts and tensions. Um, think about how silence and pauses and movement could work in the scene. Um, um, maybe bring in something that makes this day different than other days. What does how why does the story start there um so this a tip 
from 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 me as as a writer to you is that real character is only really uh, revealed when they're put under pressure so it's your it's your job as a playwright to put your characters in trouble or force them to make choices and in this in this exercise we're just going to sort of slightly just apply a little bit of pressure um and i'm going to give you with my digital casio watch um three minutes uh to to write this scene ready steady And that's halfway through. Ten seconds. There we go. Bang on. Three minutes. Diving deep. So, sometimes the best way to work out what the underlying desire or the tension might be with a character is to actually write the subtext. Um, this is something that I do with almost all of my plays. So 
thing to do is choose, first of all, choose your main character or your protagonist um, and write a statement or list that begins, I want. Let your character be as open and as honest as you possibly can be. Don't censor yourself. Imagine this is a secret diary entry, something that, or a confession uh, to a priest. Uh, let it let it be as private as you possibly can. But whatever you do, make it important. Now, there's no rush on this. I'm not going to time this one. So this is just something that you do in your own time. Uh, um, you can pause the video, whatever you like. Just, uh, just start with, I want. The second statement that you need to make is how they are feeling, beginning, I feel. And the third and final one is make a list of possible actions that your character could perform. Now, once you've done that with your first character, I want, I feel, and possible actions, do it again with the other character. Take as long as you like. The important thing here is to make sure that you're really clear about the, the central desire and feelings of your character. So, has anything surprising happened in your list? Has, uh, have you generated any sort of new ideas? Um, is what they want important enough? Could it be more important? With the information that you've now got, you can choose to either rewrite your scene or, or rewrite the play that you're already working on with the information you now have about the characters. Um, if it helps, maybe you need to set it somewhere else. Whatever you do, what you're trying to do is raise the tension, raise the temperature in the room. Checking back over what we've done, it's worth thinking about how dramatic tension works, what the elements of it are, I want, the character, their tactics, their obstacles. Think about what is said and what is not said. Um, it's also worth saying that whatever the subtext is at the beginning of the play needs to have been revealed, needs to become text by the end of the play. So if we think back to the example I gave early on, um, if Ollie really wants to rob a bank at the beginning of the play, by the end he needs to have either achieved that and robbed the bank or not achieved that uh, and so not robbed a bank. Um, uh, whatever you... Uh, Whatever you start off as a desire needs to be revealed throughout the play. Um, so hopefully um, you've, you've got a kind of deeper understanding of what a dramatic tension can be. The question you really need to ask yourself is um, how your understanding of subtext might help you approach your next play. Um, and whatever, whatever you're doing next, uh, you need to think about the way in which the tension can be raised in your scene. Because in the end, it's, as I said right at the beginning, it's what keeps us as an audience interested. Thanks so much for watching this video. I hope it was helpful and useful. Um, and best of luck with your play. Cheers. You can watch or listen to all available Open Submissions workshops on our website. For more information and to support our talent development work, please see the Support Us page on our website. Every donation makes a huge difference.